You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jason Kong and Usually I'm here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, but we've uh, we've got another wonderful guest here in the studio. And again, I'm so happy to have Dr. Daniel Amiradakis with us. Dr. A, how are you doing today? Good afternoon, Jason. Doing well. Just happy to be back and looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, we are going to have a great conversation today, and that is going to be centered around something that maybe not necessarily we we think of when it comes to dentistry and going to visit to the dentist, but now it's becoming a, a pretty regular thing that is checked out, and that's a very good thing. We're going to be talking about sleep apnea, and we hear so much about this, and like I said, this maybe not something you connect with the dentist, but let's let's start with the basics, Dr. A. What is sleep apnea? Right. I feel like sleep apnea is something that we hear a lot, but there's a little bit of a confusion of what it is or do I have it? But to be a good Greek, I have to just, we'll go ahead and define what <laughs> apnea means. It comes from the Greek word apnos, which means without breathing. So just using that uh, terminology, we understand that something is, ha- something is happening while we're sleeping. And what it is, is we're going through repeated episodes of breathing and not breathing. We're breathing and then we stop breathing. And that is what sleep apnea is. Now, there's different categories of sleep apnea, but the most common is what they call obstructive sleep apnea. It's roughly about 80% of the people that suffer from apnea have the obstructive sleep apnea, which is basically letting us know There's some type of obstruction happening while we're sleeping that's keeping us from breathing the way we should. Well, that sounds very scary, Dr. A. So uh, that's obviously something that we want to try and avoid. Can you go over some of the signs and symptoms that we can look out for when it comes to sleep apnea? I think one common symptom that I think most people talk about, and I hear from my patients when they say, oh, um, my husband snores, snoring. Snoring is definitely one uh, common symptom, but I have to be clear, because you snore, it doesn't mean you have sleep apnea. But if you, um, but if you do have sleep apnea, the likelihood that you snore is quite high. Uh, what is snoring? So when we go to sleep at night, our, our tongue, our muscle tissues, the, the, the tissues and the muscles behind our throat, everything just relaxes. As that things begin to relax, it can create some obstruction of the airway. So while air is trying to push through that obstruction, that tissue begins to vibrate. And that's what we're hearing. That is the snore sound. It's just vibrating tissue and the sound of air trying to push through. So that is one common uh, symptom. Another one would be waking up feeling tired. And that feeling tends to uh, continue throughout the day. That is another uh, symptom that we can look out for. Um, Having trouble concentrating, uh, having trouble uh, paying attention. uh, That is definitely something that we should look out for. Um, Falling asleep uh, at random times during the day. Uh, You could be, if you're a passenger in the car and you always fall asleep as a passenger, or if you just sit down and watch TV and you're always falling asleep, that's something we we should consider. Um, Headaches. If people wake up with headaches, and if once in a while it's okay, but if it's an everyday situation or if it's quite common that you're waking up with a headache, we, we need to look into exactly what's going on with that. 
a lot of my patients also wake up with jaw pain. They're severe clenchers and grinders, and that can have some association with uh, some type of sleep breathing disorder. And lastly, if you're constantly waking up with a dry mouth or sore throat, that's already letting me know that you are possibly a mouth breather. And usually um, chronic mouth breathers can have some type of sleep uh, disorder breathing. So, Dr. A, I want to circle back to snoring. And snoring is such an odd thing because... Uh, well, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, but I'm going to go ahead and project this onto the other people. But it's, it, people tend to get pretty defensive about snoring. And, you know, for your first step is usually denial, like, no, I, I don't snore. That's not me. But when it comes to sleep apnea and uh, as a potential symptom, we, we talked about snoring. Does the degree of snoring matter, to, matter at all? Like if I'm snoring pretty loud, um, is, is that like, uh, hey, we, we probably should get tested for apnea? Or, and also if I'm maybe a light snorer, is apnea something that I can disregard or is it still something that I need to get checked? Right. So... Before it used to be loud snoring could be a very uh, good risk factor for uh, uh, for sleep apnea or some type of sleep obstruction that may be going on. Um, a lot of patients will say when I when we because we will constantly ask questions when we're doing our sleep screening. Uh, if they snore? And the answer is usually, no, I don't snore unless I'm really tired, unless I had a really tired, uh, really hectic day and I'm, and I'm exhausted, I might snore. But other than that, it's not something that's periodic. It doesn't happen on a daily basis. So the degree of snoring could be related, but usually the snore, the, the symptom of snoring cannot diagnose the apnea itself. It, you will have to, and we can discuss that later, how we obtain that diagnosis. But it's just, I call it a, a, a symptom, a possible symptom, but it doesn't mean you will have it. Right. Not necessarily mean exactly that you have it, but it is a sign and a symptom. So something that you want to keep an eye out for. If you have noticed that you snore or that you are frequently tired throughout the day, maybe fall asleep once or twice when you, that's not something that you normally do, you may want to go ahead and schedule an appointment and see Dr. A or Dr. Mann at Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. You can easily do that online by going to Man. Dot com. That's the website, smileman.com. Man has two ends at the end. You can book an appointment. You can find information about Dr. A and Dr. Man, the whole team there and all the services that they provide. And you can find information about the three office locations for Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. There's one in Cary, there's one in Garner, and one in Fuquay, Verena as well. Learn more at smileman.com or you can call 919 919- Four six two nine three three eight nine one nine four six two nine three three eight to book an appointment. We've got more on sleep apnea right after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM ninety eight five AM six eighty WPTF News Talk Traffic. Welcome back to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Dr. Daniel Amiradakis. He's in for Dr. Mann today. He's part of the wonderful team at Charles Ashley Mann 
Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. You can learn more about them online at smileman.com. Smileman.com. Don't forget, two ends at the end of man. Smileman.com. Today we're talking all about sleep apnea. And Dr. A, we've gone over what sleep apnea is and some of the signs and symptoms that we can all look out for. But I want to now dive into some of the common reasons why people are affected by sleep apnea and also some of the, the risk factors and complications that can arise if this is not something that is treated. Right. So when we look at sleep apnea and OSA, which is obstructive sleep apnea being the most common, then we need to look at what is creating that obstruction. So we can start with one would be biology, the anatomy. So having enlarged tonsils, having a very large tongue, having a large neck circumference, um, a high arched palate. So when you look at a palate, and, and if the palate is, if there's a very hard, high arch on that palate, that means that palate is occupying some space in the nasal passage. If it's occupying space in the nasal passage, most of these patients are becoming what we call mouth breathers, and that will increase your risk factor for some type of sleep breathing disorder. Um, a small jaw or a jaw that's kind of positioned more towards the back. We call that retronathia. Um, nasal obstruction. There are patients that have what we call a deviated septum, and that keeps them from breathing through their nose. They become mouth breathers. Uh, a very narrow airway. Uh, we Something we do at the office, we can talk about it just a, in a brief moment. We um, Some airways, are they don't come in a standard size. Uh, patients, have, doing, because of their anatomy, have different size airways. A very narrow airway will increase your risk factor for some type of uh, sleep apnea or sleep breathing disorder. Two, be, uh, two would be obesity, uh, being overweight. Um, a lot of people think, well, is, does it mean because I have more fat tissue on the back of my throat? And the answer is necess not necessarily. That's not a very common place to accumulate uh, fat or adipose tissue. But um, but having more weight in your body just makes it a lot, just puts more stress on the body. And by putting more stress, it makes it harder for us to breathe. Three family history, very common for you to, for for me to hear patients say, my dad used to snore. My father had sleep apnea. And now I have sleep apnea. So um, family history is also, uh, I would consider, a, a risk factor. And lastly, uh, no, actually two more. I would also include gender. Men tend to have sleep apnea more than women. Now, women can have it, and they'll usually have it post-menopause. But usually within the population, men tend to have it more than women. And lastly, smoking and alcohol. If you smoke, and uh, heavy smokers and uh, heavy alcohol drinkers will uh, can fall in the category of increasing their risk factor for sleep apnea. In regards to complications, and this is something that when I discuss it with my patients, they um, their eyes begin to open uh, very wide, and and this becomes as a, comes to them as a shock. But one of the complications is patients that suffer from apnea have a greater likelihood of, of uh, suffering from a stroke. Uh, they have a greater chance of having heart disease, cardiovascular problems. They have a greater chance of having type 2 uh, diabetes. They have a greater chance of having dementia. And they have a greater chance of having uh, depression or some type of mood or anxiety disorder. When I was here last with you, we talked about how kids that suffer from sleep disorder breathing, 
that they will show uh, symptoms of ADD and ADHD with adults, uh, we can also have these um, uh, mood disorders, anxieties, and so forth. And those are definitely some of the complications we need to look out for. You mentioned uh, the differences between genders, and you even got into uh, seeing this happen in women post-menopause. Is there uh, an age range that we should be looking at, or is everyone kind of at risk here when it comes to sleep apnea? Right. So it usually falls within older adults, I would say 40s and up, but uh, there are definitely people in their uh, 30s. Um, that can have sleep apnea. Um, in regards to even, we even talked about uh, obesity, and I have patients that are quite fit, and I would say slim as well, that have sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. And then you can probably have the heavier set patients that do not have sleep apnea. So we got to put things into a balance of uh, some of the risk factors, but, um, but mostly I would say 40s and up. Very good. Well, uh, Dr. A, let's get into the role of the dentist here when it comes to screening and even treating sleep apnea. What role do you play? So when you think about sleep apnea, you think about, well, I have to see a doctor. My doctor will let me know if I have it, which is true. Uh, We as dentists cannot diagnose sleep apnea, but the American Dental Association has really uh, made a huge emphasis in dentists to screen and possibly if they've been trained to treat the sleep apnea. Uh, We are in the mouth every day. Uh, a A lot of people think all we do is look at teeth, but we're also looking at the soft tissue. We're looking at the tongue. We're looking at the the tonsils. We're looking at what we call the oropharynx, which is the area behind the tongue. We're looking at the palate. So one thing that we do at the office is, one, we take a CT scan. And in the CT scan, we look at a lot of structures, but one, two things that we like to look at is, other than looking at the maxillary sinuses, we look at the nose. We look to see if there's a sign of a deviated septum. And when we find them, we'll question our patients. How are you doing with nasal breathing? Can you breathe through your nose? Are you a, a chronic mouth breather? Um, and then we kind of dig in more from there. Two, uh, one thing that we like to look at at a CT scan is we measure the airway. And, and it becomes a really fascinating experience for the patients because they're able to clearly see their airway. And, we, and as we're taking a measurement, I'll explain to the patient, uh, regardless of the measurement, anything below five millimeters, I would consider that a very narrow airway. Doesn't mean you have sleep apnea, but it means your chances of having some type of sleep disorder breathing is quite high. And, and whenever we see the narrow airways and other things that we may, other risk factors, we'll usually make that recommendation. Uh, we'll ask questions. We'll ask about their sleep. How are they sleeping? Um, are, um, we'll, we'll go over, we call it the stop bang, which is basically, do they snore? Are they tired? Or is there any type of obstruction? Um, is there any type of pressure, in, meaning high blood pressure? Uh, we look at their age. We look at their gender. We look at their neck size. All these are the things that we visually look, at, look out for. And uh, we have them fill out a sleep questionnaire. And if we see signs of possibly there is something that may be going on over here, uh, we'll recommend a sleep study test. Now, there are patients uh, that you, I think you might have mentioned in the beginning of our conversation, uh, the, when we're in denial, oh, I, I know I snore, but I don't have it. Right. I, 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 I think I'm okay. And um, for those patients that really will hesitate in getting a sleep study test, what we have in our office, we have a pulse oximeter. 
and we have our patients check it out at no charge, and we tell them, please take it home, sleep with it for about a day or two, and come back, and bring it back, and we'll go ahead and upload the result in our computer, and we'll go ahead and put it up in the screen and show it to them. And what this pulse oximeter does, it doesn't diagnose sleep apnea, but all it does, it measures the amount of oxygen saturation in the blood, and if we see episodes that will fall below 90%, that becomes a red flag. The pulse oximeter will also uh, measure their heart rate. And if we see spikes in heart rate, that's another sign that there may be something going on while they're sleeping. Even though it's not a diagnosis, but it's one thing that we can, a tool that we can use to try to emphasize our patients to move forward with a sleep study test. Yeah, it is really important. And, you know, it's it's so funny, Dr. A, you know, if I just walked up and I told you, hey, I just randomly stopped breathing several times an hour, like you would, you'd be concerned. But for whatever reason, when we link that with sleep, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, that doesn't seem that serious. Well, it, it is, you know, that's something that you should be concerned about. So if any of these signs and symptoms are uh, lighting up a red flag for you. Uh, you're hearing those those warning sirens in your head and it's something that you're concerned about. Schedule an appointment to see Dr. A or Dr. Mann at Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Go online to smileman.com. You can easily book an appointment there. Smileman.com. Don't forget two ends at the end of man. You can also find which location is nearest you. Dr. Man has three locations. There's one in Cary, one in Fuquay, Verena, and one in Garner. Smileman.com is the place to go or call 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more on treatment options for sleep apnea. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You are listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I'm Jason Kong here with Dr. Daniel Amiradakis in for Dr. Mann today, and we're talking all about sleep apnea. Thank you so much for being with us on the journey today. And Dr. A, we've, we've covered a lot of ground so far in the show, and on the last segment here, we are going to cover treatment options when it comes to sleep apnea. So let's say we've we've heard about some of the signs and symptoms that we mentioned earlier in the program. We've decided to go ahead and get a diagnosis and we found out we have sleep apnea. What's next? Right. So uh, what we would do is just before that, we would have the patient fill out a sleep screening questionnaire. They'll fill it out and then we'll go ahead and send that over to our sleep physician. The physician will go ahead and uh, find our, look at our findings, and the physician will then recommend what we call the sleep study test, the polysomnogram. And now there's two options. Either you do it in a sleep center, or you can actually take a sleep uh, test and in the comfort of your own bed. Most patients, a lot of patients prefer that. Um, and then once they go through the polysomnogram, the sleep physician we'll go ahead and read the results and we will receive that report. And on that report, other than a lot of numbers and and findings, we will get a diagnosis. And it usually falls within three categories, mild, moderate, or severe sleep apnea. And with that diagnosis comes 
recommendations of treatment. And that's what we can talk about. So one, one treatment would be um, no appliance, um, just a change in lifestyle. And I've spoken to many patients where they fall, they're somewhat considered just, just below mild. They're somewhat of what I would call, or call borderline sleep apnea. And some physicians will say, um, I need you to lose some weight. I need you to uh, exercise, get on a healthier diet, and abstain from alcohol and smoking. And then come back and let's reevaluate. And usually that will work really well. Um, no other treatment is necessary than just a change in lifestyle. So that would be one option. Second option would be um, upper, upper airway surgery. Uh, it's called uvulopalatopharyngoplasty. It's just a fancy word to say some of that excess tissue in the back of the mouth on both sides of the mouth are, are removed. Um, the uvula, which is that little punching bag behind our throat, that's removed. And we're just trying to create more space back there. Part of the soft palate is removed uh, just to help prevent any type of obstruction. It tends to work well. Um, some downsides would be that tissue can come back and grow in, in, in the area. And, and I've been told that recovery is quite painful. The, the common treatment that we hear all the time is the CPAP, which is, stands for Continuous Positive Airway uh, Pressure, and that's basically what it's doing. It's connected to a little machine, and it's just pumping positive pressure through the nose, and it's what it's doing. It's inflating our airway. What are, what are the pros? The pros would be it shows to be uh, quite effective to treat uh, sleep apnea, especially for patients that suffer from a severe sleep apnea. The cons would be a lot of patients, some patients will feel claustrophobic, uh, just having something, uh, it looks like a headgear over their, their head and over their nose. Some kind of go over the mouth as well. Um, for a lot of patients, even though they've gotten better, but some patients complain about the noise that it makes. Uh, so that's usually a problem for some patients. The last, uh, another option that we can do would be the oral appliance therapy, and that's where we dentists we, that's where we come in. We would make a custom appliance. And in that appliance, what we do is we gently reposition their jaw, not only horizontally, but vertically in a position where it helps keep their airway open and helps uh, eliminate any type of obstruction, allowing the patients uh, to uh, sleep better and breathe better. Um, studies have shown that Patients are more compliant with the oral appliance than with the CPAP itself, and the results have been uh, fantastic. Uh, we've treated many patients in our practice, and we've gotten amazing results. Um, the only downside I would say about the oral appliance, if there is one, would be that it, it, it may not be a, as effective in patients that suffer from severe sleep apnea. But if we had a choice of a patient with severe sleep apnea not using the CPAP, I'd rather have I'd rather them have an oral appliance than uh, just than completely not using any type of treatment. That makes a whole lot of sense, and the treatment option that works best for you is uh, something that you need to consider and consult with so you're a professional to make sure that you're making the best decision for yourself. If you want to schedule an appointment with uh, Doctor A or Doctor Man and Make sure that sleep apnea is not something that you're dealing with. You can go to smileman.com. That's Dr. Man's website, smileman.com. 
Com. Man has two ends at the end. You can book an appointment online. You can find information about Dr. Man and Dr. A and the whole team there and all the services that are available at Charles Ashley Man Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Smileman.com is where you want to go or call the office 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338. That will do it for us today. A big thank you to Dr. Daniel Amiridakis. Thank you so much for filling in for Dr. Man today. You always do such a wonderful job, Dr. A. We appreciate it. Well, happy to be back again, and um, I hopefully hopefully this uh, information that we shared, we spoke about today was uh, informative and helpful. I, I hope so as well. Smileman.com or call 919-462-9338. That will do it for us today. On behalf of Dr. A, I'm Jason Kong. Thanking you so much for listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Have a wonderful day.